welcome everybody. We are officially starting the second podcast of Money, Power, and Influence. I'm excited. I know Arash is too. We have a lot of people on the call today. So I wanted to start today, and I know last time we spoke a little bit about influence and introduced ourselves, and today I wanted to touch on, on money. I do get a lot of questions, and I know you do too, Arash, about how to make more money, how to be of value, and things of that nature. And the first thing I wanted to talk about briefly, especially with this audience that we have, is some of the common misconceptions that the people and society has about money. And when I started going through the journey of you know making more money, increasing my income, one of the first things that I did was I attacked all of those false beliefs that I had and, and just all those bad habits I had too. You know, when I was raised, I was told money was the root of all evil, rich people are no good. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And the, the population or anybody in the world doesn't realize that if you don't go through the work of removing that datum, like if to your core you believe that money is the root of all evil, how do you expect to make a lot of money? And I'll start with a quick story because when I started making money, the first issue that I had was I had that belief and I didn't know it because I didn't educate myself on money until I started making it. And when I began my journey uh, in real estate and I really started making money, I noticed at the end of the month, all my money would be gone. I would make 10000 I would spend 9000 I would make 11000 I would spend 12000 And I, I just couldn't figure it out. And I remember I picked up a book called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, and it started educating me a bit about money and, and what our beliefs are. And then I ended up going to an event, and we did some exercises. And I remember somebody on the stage asked us, when you think about money, what is the first thought that pops in your head? And it popped in my head. It said, money's the root of all evil. It's evil. And as he began to explain the light bulb went off and I said, no wonder I'm having this issue of spending all the money when I get it. I, to my core, believe that money is the root of all evil. So, you know, we fast forward. I worked on that. I got rid of it through, you know, more uh, just reprogramming myself and, and, and putting new beliefs in my mind and eradicating all the old ones. And I believe after that, that session and that event, within two or three months, my income just exploded. And not even just my income, just how much money I was making, how much money I was retaining, how I was using money, and, and things of that nature. So I wanted to start with that, Arash, and, and, and kind of get your input on that. Maybe you went through something similar, and maybe you can impart some knowledge on what we have here today on the call. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was I was broke for a very long time. I owned my own business, but I was broke. And um, at some point, I said, i got to handle this shit. And so I handled it, and then I wasn't broke. And then I wasn't broke for a long time, but I wasn't wealthy. And then I was like, I got to handle this shit. So then I did some more work, and then I became wealthy. And then recently, uh, September is when I started down my mind. Yep. I was like, no, it's not enough. I got to handle this shit. And I increased my income uh, twenty $24,000 a month uh, immediately, you know, and that 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 may be a lot for people. That may be not enough. Like I mean, I'm sure it's a it's a ratio. Uh, there's billionaires in the world that would laugh at what I just said. Uh, but for me to, in three months, raise uh, consistently my income twenty four thousand dollars at least is is nice. You know, it's good income that's outside of my other income. This is a brand new income that I've created. And so the question would be, and every oh, by the way, all three jumps when I moved 
uh, from the first time thought this, I got to handle it. It was such a huge jump that it was just kind of unbelievable. My my life completely altered, and the process was was very simple. It was originally the first pop was I needed suddenly to make money instead of I wanted to make money. That was when I first went from being broke to making money. And what happened was, um, you know, I had my own business. I was doing whatever the fuck I was doing. But my girlfriend at the time uh, was was wealthy. She was actually extremely wealthy. And so it didn't matter. But then her and I broke up. And I got a new girlfriend, which is Electra. She's still with me 10 years and nine months later. And she wasn't wealthy. And she was working like three jobs. And I don't like my girlfriends working for other guys. And so I asked her to come work for me. Well, that's going to be a fucking issue when I'm broke and she's broke. And so suddenly um, there was that and plus an uh, interaction I had with my father who I I was in his office and he was talking to me about money and I left and I came back to pick something up and I saw my dad and he looked like he was crying and I have only seen my dad cry twice in my life. And it really affected me and I sat in front of him and I said, what, what's, what are, you, are you crying? And he was like, it's so difficult for me to see you work so hard and you have no money. And I looked at him. I was sitting across the desk from him. I said, I really want you to remember this moment, Dad. I said, I promise you on my life, I will make more money than any person has ever made in my family, ever. And that was almost the same exact day. I think it was like a day or two apart from um, Electra and I going to uh, Apollo Loco and I see BRC Burrito, which was a dollar seven at the time. <clears throat> and I realized I didn't have a dollar. I turned to her and I said, can I borrow a dollar? And she didn't have a dollar. Ooh, that really hurt. That really hit me. And I said to her, please remember this moment right now because there will come a day when you will never, ever look at the price of food. I promise you when we go eat one day that I won't let you look at the price. So that was the first jump. I suddenly went from wanting money to needing money because I saw how it affected two individuals that were really important to me. The second jump occurred when I was I was making money, but I wasn't wealthy or anything, going about my life, and again, it was another moment of pain that entered my life where I looked at my life and I realized at that moment, believe it or not, it was another girlfriend. Thank you to these girls. And uh, she had an opportunity to move to Las Vegas to work for something very, very big, and I was, I was really into her, you know? And... Um, I looked at my life and I realized that if I had enough money, she wouldn't have to move. That it was my bad, that I was losing somebody that I loved because I wasn't able to provide. At that moment, I kicked it in gear and the next fucking jump happened in my life. And then the third jump happened when I looked and I realized that it's time now, if you're going to affect the world, and I am, I'm changing the culture, that's what I'm doing here, that's my job, then money is a requirement. And uh, the more you have, the more it allows you to reach into the world and make a change. So all three were, were situations that took me out of myself, you could say. And yes, you're right. Uh, the money root of all evil and that all that bullshit. I tell you, the second jump that I did, which, really, which made me wealthy from just making money to being wealthy, was I not only realized that money was not the root of all evil, I realized that money was the root of all that is good. If you're sick and your family needs to go to the hospital, you need money. If you need food for your child, you need money. If you want a lawyer, you need money. If you want to travel somewhere, you need money. 
In fact, money can be used to save lives, to bring shelter, to bring electricity. Money can be used to uh, cure diseases and take man to another planet. And no matter how much someone begs you and pleads with you and, and compliments you, uh, you cannot go to the grocery store and beg for food. It's not going to work. And you can't walk into a lawyer's office and beg for defense. And if your grandma is dying, as mine was, um, you, you need money to save her life. So I realized that money was actually the root of everything that was positive in my life. And at that moment, I fell in love with money, and money fell in love with me, and I value money only second to my health. Health, then money in my life. And what, what, what is your view on all that? Awesome, brother. That, that was a great story. And it's it's interesting how that, that normally happens with us is we have big events or, or crucial moments in our life, like you had mentioned too, where a switch just goes on and we make the decision. Like, that's it. And I know Tony Robbins talks a lot about that. You have that moment of decision and then everything changes right there because you say enough is enough. And uh, once I switched around the beliefs for myself, everything changed as well. It's uh, you know, I, I view it very similar to you, Arash. It's, you know, money has brought me, uh, at not just myself, but everyone else around me, you know, my family. I've, I can't tell you how much I've helped my family only because I have money. I can tell you for a fact, everybody on this call, everybody listening in the future, if I had not stepped up as a man and started to make real money, my family's life would be in complete shambles. I made a choice a long time ago, and I said similar to what Arash told his dad, I said, I am going to leave a mark on this planet. I will leave a legacy. The world is going to remember my name. Mom and dad, remember that. And in the process, I'm going to make sure you guys are taken care of because you raised me and you gave me everything I needed to grow up and have opportunities. Right? My family is from South America. I'm the only one in my family who was born here. My parents came over here uh, I know my dad had probably $100 in his pocket, and he made it. He's a truck driver. He didn't do anything that, you know, the movies say about being a lawyer and engineer, but he made it happen. You know, he went through a tremendous amount of sacrifice. He never had money. He had a entrepreneurial spirit where he wanted to make money. He just wasn't in a position. He came over here with uh, two kids and the third one on the way, which is me, and he had to make it happen. And, you know, I, I saw the pain in my dad's eyes. And I know he wanted to do more, and he wanted everything for not only himself, but his family. And I have vivid memories of that when I was a kid. So um, the, the next step, and I noticed this, this was missing with my family as well, and I, I see it commonly throughout society and all over the world, is you don't only need to have the belief about money correct in your mind, that it's good versus evil, and all the misconceptions. You also and we're not taught this in school, is you need proper money management. You need to know how to move money, when to move money, how to manage it, how to take some of it and take that and invest it and help it grow. And that's a, a huge, huge disconnect with people that I see around me. And when I started making money, I knew from the people I was studying and the mentors that I had, that was the next step. And I, and I created the system and I see my money growing, my money goes into an investments, and you know, when I start talking to people, and I talk about assets and liabilities and tracking every dollar that comes in and every dollar that comes out, uh, people look at me sometimes dumbfounded and they go, what are you talking about? And to the degree that they give me that, I know they're suffering with their money. So when it, when it comes to money, money management, Arash, and investing, 
was there a, a pivotal point in your life where you realized that, that that was important for you to learn? And did that switch come easily, or, or was it a process for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, the question, I think, pre-that pre question would be, what did you do to suddenly make your income like that? And I did, I think, something similar to what you just said. You know, I just started researching the people who had the kind of money that I wanted. And I started to, this is the way my mind works. I think we all have gifts. Mine is happens to be this one. Um, I can listen to someone talk and I can watch them and I can start to extract from them the basic truths. So I started to notice that the wealthiest people, and when I say the wealthiest people, I started with the Rockefellers. I, I got my hands on every single thing I could find on the Rockefellers. Then J.P. Morgan, Carnegie, and I just went through the list. And I immersed myself, I don't know how many hours a day, because I would start in the morning and I would end the night, you know, with little breaks in the middle. <clears throat> and I would figure out what's going on. Then I, got, then I got to modern day billionaires. Then I went from billionaires to millionaires. At some point, something clicked in my mind. And I understood. And every single one of them, every one of them, talks about investing your money. I didn't come across one who didn't say that. So that means that investing your money is actually important. Then it became what kind of investment? And I had to do some research on that. And I realized there were three investments I really am into. Outside of that, my own observation, this is fascinating. You know, I'm kind of a metaphysical guy. I'm not kind of, I'm truly a metaphysical guy. And um, I realized, and, and I'm going to throw this out there for you guys, take a look at it. This is looking through my mind, my diamond mind program, is money is like blood. It's like the blood of society. It's the blood of economy. It needs to flow. It needs to circulate. If it stops, there's a problem where the money stops. And I realized that in my life, something interesting happens. I would gather a certain amount of money, and then suddenly some stupid shit would happen, and I would have to spend it all. Like a car would break down, or some kind of something would happen in my academy, and I would give like a seven, seven, eight thousand dollars to plumbing. Like what the fuck happened here? I had just so I realized, oh, I need this money to circulate. Holding on to money to me, this is a this is an opinion, guys. Don't don't take this as a fact. I'm telling you how I, uh, how I deal with it. To me, holding on to money is a violation of what money is. It needs to circulate. So I like making money, investing. Why? Because it puts money back in circulation, and it seems like suddenly my income goes up. So whereas before, let's say it would have taken me probably a month or two maybe to make, let's say, $5,000, and what would I do with that $5,000, try to save it or whatever. Now with the investment that I do, it takes me sometimes a day or two to make $5,000. And so the, the, the ability to, to, to acquire and create it seems to keep bumping up. And so my idea of investments is simple. I get this from Kevin O'Leary, one of the guys I studied from the Shark Tank. Um, and he said, your money has to go to work for you. They're like little soldiers. <laughs> so every time I make money, I imagine that that dollar bill is a little soldier. And he's got he's to go to war for me today. He may die, but he, he, you know what he's not going to do? He's not going to sit at home and get fat because then he's going to fucking die of cancer or some shit. He needs to go to work. So when money comes in my hand, I have a set base of what I like to have just in case, you know, and I raise that set base as my income goes up. 
and it's amazing that it just keeps going up. So I'm, that what was originally uh, a checking account number, it keeps going up. Meanwhile, the rest of the money, I, I, I'm a little bit nervous sitting on it. So I invest it. I put it in places. Sometimes it goes away. Sometimes it doesn't. But I have this idea and this belief that as long as money is circulating, then I'm going to get more. And I truly believe in that. I see it working. And I think investments are 100% important, 100% important. It's something I teach my girlfriends, actually. One of the first things when they make money is like, don't sit on your money. Put it somewhere right away. Absolutely. I, lo- I love what you said. Um, uh, you know, an- another question I actually got, um, and I get this all the time, but I, I literally just got this uh, right when I posted the-, the podcast. And, of course, we're, we're talking on the topic about money. I'm always approached by younger people, maybe from 14, maybe even into their 20s, some in their 30s, and I'm always asked about the college degree. You know, oh, like, you know, I want to get a college degree as a backup plan, or, you know, everybody needs a degree because, you know, this is this is how you get a good job. And, you know, just from my experience of living, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about anything else. I look, I take a step back objectively, and I look at, you know, all my peers who went to high school with me, who are now in past college now because I'm I'm 30, and I look at what my life, where it's, where it has gone just in the last three years that I decided to start my own business versus everyone else who started in college at 18 and stayed till anywhere from 22 to 25 or 26, and besides maybe one or two people who maybe studied to become a doctor or something like that, um, everyone like unanimously, everybody, like together, is making hardly any money. They're not happy. They have a job that they're overqualified for and underpaid for. They are complaining 24-7, and they act like the world is over, and they don't have a choice, right? So I, I started seeing this pattern right away, and I said, okay, maybe that's an indicator that college isn't for me. And I, from my experience, I, I've told a lot of people, and I said, look, the only class, and again, this is just my opinion, everybody. I love that Arash said that. I'm not telling you to do this. Uh, the only course, uh, I, got, I went to college on a scholarship, so I didn't have to pay, and I wanted to play basketball. I played overseas, so that was my passion at the time. So I kind of used college as a stepping stone to get me to the, the pros. And the only class I remember that I even paid attention in on that gave me something after college was accounting. That's it. No other course do I have any memory of that's beneficial to me now. The only thing I loved in school that I did great in that I actually paid attention to was math, even coming up in high school. Any form of, quote, college education that I got didn't help me. I've done more in the last three or four years studying pickup, uh, personal development, uh, communication, NLP, the mind, and everything. I've done more in three years and learned more and grown more than I have in the other 27 years of life. So... It, it, it's funny that when I still tell people, you know, don't don't go to college if if this is what you're thinking, start your own business. It, it's funny the reactions that I get, and you know, I, I want to hear from you, Arash, because I I know you obviously have a, a wealth of experience and you're successful. Um, if if somebody approached you right now or somebody's on the call right now saying, well, Arash, I mean, should I go to college? Should I not go to college? W- what would you tell them personally? The answer is real simple. I was. One of the first people would say, fuck school. And it was, uh, now I was 21 when I opened my business. I'm turning 40 this month. That would be 20 years ago, 19 years ago. 
19 years ago, it was not cool to drop out of school. It was not cool to say fuck school. 19 years ago, the word entrepreneur wasn't even around, you guys. I, I, you got to look back. There was no internet. We didn't even have fucking cell phones, okay? Uh, I remember when CDs first came out from cassette to CD. Now, now it makes me sound old as fuck, and I may be to some new generation people. But during that time, there was not like this entrepreneur spirit, you know, like, oh, you're an entrepreneur and people clapping for you. When I decided to drop out of college, people were like, what the fuck? Like, it was so shocking that it was... It was shocking. I don't know what we would compare it to right now. I don't know. It would be like a sex change when fucking Bruce Jenner did it or some shit. It would be like, you got to be kidding me. I was the only guy out of my entire family, entire family that had ever dropped out of college. Like, what a fucking um, <laughs> certificate to hold in your family. <laughs> so, okay, here's what I say about school. If you have a passion for it, you're like, I really want to be a fucking optometrist doctor or I want to be whatever, some kind of doctor, lawyer, engineer, something that actually requires school to get that degree and get that skill. If it requires it, I 100% think you should go do it if it's your passion. Now, that's very few people, okay? And you should do it to the best of your ability and then get out there and work as soon as you can. Don't, 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 don't keep going. Don't have another degree to fall back on. Now I'm going to do my bachelor's. Now I'm going to do my master's. Now I'm going to do my fucking virgins or whatever the fuck these things are. I don't fucking know. What do you have a passion for? If there's a degree in it, go get it, but don't even worry about anything else. You're doing it because you have a passion for it and you want to spend the rest of your life dedicated to that field. Fucking fantastic. If that's school for you, I, I cheer you on. I hope you make it. We need better doctors in the world. We need, better, we need better people working in fields like this. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be a doctor. Outside of that, outside of that, if you don't have a passion for it, passion, I'm not saying you kind of like it, okay? I'm talking about fucking passion. Like you want to suffer for that shit. If you don't have a passion for it, or if you're doing it, this is the worst, let me just tell you that you could study from here to fucking China to Africa and find the, the most successful individuals, and this is what we all spit on. When someone says, I need something to fall back on, that is such a loser. That is such a lack of belief in oneself. That is, you don't want anything to fall back on. There is no such thing as plan B. Plan B doesn't exist for somebody who's going for it. Like, if you're going to be an Olympic gold medalist, in swimming, you're not at the same time playing basketball just in case you don't get a gold medal in swimming. Like, what is the that, – that, that is the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. You're going to go for the gold, and you're going to dedicate your entire life to it, and whether you get it or not, you're going to go for it. There's no plan B to be a champion for anybody. So if you don't have a total passion for it, then you must – for the sake of your own future, for the sake of the future of mankind and making it a better place, as soon as you can, get the fuck away from college and school. Just as soon as you can. And do what? And not do, not do nothing. Find the area that interests you the most, that you would pay money to learn, whatever that is, 
and then go put your time and energy in there. It would require so much less than sitting in a stupid college room, paying thousands and thousands of dollars coming out in debt and not learning anything. You go and you learn what you love and you make it your task to be one of the best in the entire world at that. And it's not as hard as you think. It's just not as hard as you think, okay? Uh, because you love doing it. We get good at things we love to do. That's what passion requires, right? And yes, you're going to have to suffer for a while, but again, that's the root word of passion. It comes from suffering. So that's my advice for anybody in school. If you're not doing it because you fucking love, if you don't love it and you're doing it because it's your thing, then get the fuck out as soon as you can because every year you're wasting your life. I teach people worldwide. I teach people much older than me. And I've talked to so hey, it just happened two days ago on Facebook. I'm an engineer. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this, I've done that, I'm miserable. How do I follow my, my passion? I don't know what it is. I'm like, motherfucker, you could be my fucking older uncle, and you're, you're asking me this question. I, I told him, I said, this is the most absurd question a grown man could be asking me. If by now you don't know what your passion is, don't come to me for it, dude. Okay? I'm not the answer. So I, I don't even want to fucking talk to you. It's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. It's really upsetting to talk to humans like that. It's like, what is wrong with you? So that's it. Total agreement, man. I love what you said. Um, I'm going to throw in one more statement, then we'll take questions. So if you guys want to prepare your questions or you have one, press star 2 to raise your hand, and I'll take them as soon as I finish my uh, my piece. So <clears throat> prepare them now, and at any point when you're ready, press star 2, and we'll take your question, and we'll unmute you, and you can get on the line. So, you know, I love what you said, man, because when I heard you say, you know, oh, I want to have something to fall back on, have a plan B, I literally laughed out loud because I could even remember before I got into sales when I made the decision and said, okay, I'm going to make it in basketball. I was getting just flooded with people. Oh, well, you know, only 1% of people make it to the pros or even playing college. Oh, well, I mean, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out? Or what if this happens? What if it rains on the tryout and you can't go? And I was just sitting there laughing because I would look people dead in the eye and said, what do you mean? If I don't make it, I'm making it, like, period. Like, you can't tell me otherwise. And I'm going to recommend everybody on the line right now and who listens later, there's this beautiful movie out. And every time I watch this movie, and I watch it regularly because the guy's mindset, like, I, I'm seeing myself on the screen. Uh, it's called uh, Prefontaine, and it's about this runner, Steve Prefontaine from Oregon, and he died in the 70s at a young age. I think he was, like, 21. He was a senior in college. But when you watch this movie, watch closely his body language, what he says, how he says it. And I remember one scene, and it's burned in my brain forever. He said, um, I'm going to go to Munich. That's where the Olympics was going to be in four years. I'm going to be there in four years, and no one's going to stop me. And when he said that, it, it sent chills through my body because I was like, that's a motherfucker right there that understands. That, that's me. That's, that's how I am now. That's how I was before, and that's how I'm always going to be. So whenever I hear plan B, it's like, if I hear anybody say, I need something to fall back on or plan B, I'm already saying, okay, this person's not going to make it. Because like Arash said, it's lack of self-belief. We've been taught to not believe in ourselves. Everybody on this call, everybody in the world, you need to believe in yourself more than me, more than Arash says he believes in you, more than anybody believes in you. If you can't believe in yourself more than anybody else, you're not going to make it, and you're not going to make it on a big level, that's for sure. And... Uh, I wanted to also touch on what he said about passion. You see, when you're passionate about something, you will enjoy it, even through the grueling points, even through the points where it's like, man, I, I still have to figure it out. Because when I got into sales, 
it it grew into my passion. I knew I would be uh, passionate about helping other people, and there were certain parts of the real estate business that I knew I loved. Now, the key uh, tipping point for me was when I started becoming really good at it, especially because you have the passion behind it, now it's it's it gives you a sense. It's like... It's like a natural high. You know, when you get good at something that you're passionate about, it's the next level of enjoyment because the passion is going to get you through the tough parts. But when you really become good at it, you start making money, you get good at your skill or whatever it is, then it's like a new level of high and it becomes almost addicting and you want more and more and more and you go harder and harder and harder. And that's how you see guys like Trump and all these other people who are working. And you're like, man, the guy never stops and he has so much energy. I get told that. But, dude, it's like to say, you're not working. You love it. I mean, you, you don't want to stop. And I know Arash is like that. I know I'm like that. But everybody at the top shares that in common. You have to you have to have that passion there. But when you really become good at it, now you're really going to enjoy it. When I, when I hit that tipping point of becoming very good at what I was doing, it, 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 it makes you want to do it more, right? Because I, I have a sales job. I'm great at it now. I'm phenomenal at it now. And I'm like, you know what? I, I want to talk to more people because I'll get more sales and I'll help more people. I'll make more money. And it and if you if you don't do it, it's almost like oh my god I, I want to do it now and that that's kind of how I become it's almost like you're a kid again. So if anybody has a question, press star two. If not, we will end the call right now. I haven't gotten anybody to raise their hand yet. When you raise your hand, I will uh, call upon you and I will unmute you so you can ask your question. Arash, is there any other uh, final bits you wanted to add before we end the call in case nobody asks questions? Yeah, so there's no questions, definitely. Um, I think that the subject of money is one of those things that it's like it's like getting women. Um, it's like um, basically living your life. It's hidden. The reason why it's hidden is very few of us grew up knowing a lot of wealthy people around us. Wealthy people were on TV, you know, they're in books. Um, if you have the great fortune of knowing a very wealthy person around you, the rest of your family talks shit about them behind their back, guaranteed. There was always something wrong with that person. And that that's something to look at. Most of us grew up with not super wealthy families. Struggling families or barely making it families. And here's what's interesting. Just like anything else in life, you start to make money, you start to value making money, and you will see that the people that were the closest to you are the first people that are going to try to stop you. See, otherwise it would be a lot easier. It is actually a mental game, believe it or not. It's a lot more than just working hard. You will go in opposition with the people around you who have the limiting beliefs that prevent them from um, achieving the success. And then they have to look at you and they have to explain. Like if you're a man, all the men around you are going to have to explain to their girlfriends and wives and sisters and daughters why you happen to be making a lot more money. That's not comfortable for another guy. Like, why don't you just fucking do it? Well, he, he, you know, he steals, he cheats. He, in my case, he brainwashes people. Like, I just like that's some fucking easy skill. Like, he's chewing gum. I mean, it's, it's, you think I'm brainwashing people? You try it. Let's see. It sounds like you know what you're talking about. So you're gonna go in opposition. If you're a woman and you decide to make some money, well, you got your work cut out for you now. It's gonna be very difficult to fit into the same social environment you did before just like any goal when someone comes to me for coaching any goal i tell them this is on my time in my program you cannot bring the old people with you my friends 
you could carry some of them, as Brian said about his family. He supports his family. That's not bringing them with him. That's carrying them on his back. There are certain people who have earned our loyalty, earned our love, and have earned our power, basically. And so, you know, my family is the same way. I will support them no matter what. I feel like that that's an obligation I have to them because I want to have that obligation to them. So that's not them coming along for the ride because I've had to go against 90% of what they've said or more. I've had to do what I know is right. Outside of that, every other person that you used to hang out with, that you used to eat with, that you used to share bread with or drinks with, when your income level increases, they're not going to like you the same. They're going to have a problem with you. And um, you need to know this because that little thing, if you're not prepared for it, if you're not prepared to make some new friends and be in some new environments and find yourself being hated for for going to a seminar, you go to one of those seminars again. Yeah, oh, those things, they're just going to make money. Thank you, fucking uh, millionaire mind. Thank you, you fucking, uh, uh, the person who knows everything about money, you economist. Get the fuck out of my face, okay? Oh, well, guys, real estate, everyone does real estate, dude. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, okay? Well, why would, shut up. And so you need to just get away from those people without apology, without apology. Make your money. Make some new friends because, see, that's the problem is the scarcity of, uh, but I've known this. <laughs> this is one of the funniest things to me. But I've known this person for so long. What's your point? I, but what do you mean? You know? But we've been friends for 20 years. I, and what are you saying? But that makes it okay for them to stop you now? Because that's what it sounds like. Yeah, but that's my, that's my brother. That's my uncle. That's my sister. That, I don't care. What does that mean? Does that mean that allows them to ruin your life? Because we're dealing with you ruining your life here. We're not dealing with the relationship you're having there. We're saying that they're stopping you from making the money you deserve to make in your life or that you want to make. So I would recommend for everybody to see because you could do everything right. And the moment you begin to succeed, now you have a different obstacle that wasn't there before. The people that you count on for affection, for friendship, for camaraderie, here they come. They're about to tell. They're about to show you why what you're doing is wrong. So that, that's my advice. Right there. Cool. Yeah, we didn't get any questions, so I guess we'll end it here. Thank you, Arash, for being here. Another great episode. Thank you. This talk is um, really good, and I have so much more. I think we should definitely continue it next week. Yeah, totally. Cool. Okay, brother, we'll end it okay, here. Talk. Thanks, you. Take care.